Yeah, I wrote, love stinks, called David about it. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to West Bev. I'm Caitlin. I'm Ariel. And this is your Beverly Hills 90210 podcast, where we break down every episode of the 10 season show. Today, we're talking about season nine, episode seven, You Say Goodbye, I Say Hello. Mary, what happened this week? David is ensorcelled by Denise, one of his regular radio callers that he doesn't realize is one of his radio callers, who shows up at the pee pad during his broadcast. He finds out after they hook up that she's 17 and her parents are pissed about it. Good thing we know a lawyer now, huh? Noah continues to drink to excess and get behind the wheel of his Jeep. After passing out in his car on a drive, Noah thinks he's responsible for a hit and run that critically injures a 16-year-old kid. Donna convinces Noah to turn himself in at the police station, where he's released after questioning. She's glad he did the right thing, but can't bring herself to even look at him when she learns the kid didn't pull through. Luckily, Gina, Donna's visiting cousin, offers to babysit or quite possibly steal Noah. Gina also apparently has a three-step plan to get her end in show business, and she's checked off step three. Janet is pretty sure this thing with Steve is only going to work if they remain within well-defined parameters and keep their emotions out of it. Unfortunately, Steve feels and will not admit to his jealousy that D Janet is dating other men before she sleeps with him. Steve also points out that Janet isn't technically staying within the realm of no emotions if she hates him. Val plans to host Thanksgiving at Casa Walsh. Unfortunately, while going through Brandon's things to send to him in D.C., Kelly comes across a note Val wrote to Brandon telling him not to marry Kelly. In retaliation, she steals all of the friends for Thanksgiving dinner at the beach house and doesn't tell Val. David mends the situation by spilling all of Val's whole traumatic... Oh my god, sorry. <laughs> traumatic... <laughs> Traumatic, traumatic. Anyway. David mends the situation by spilling Val's whole traumatic backstory. Kelly and the pals deliver Thanksgiving dinner to Casa Walsh, where Val announces she's moving back to New York with her mom and her plane leaves tonight. Kelly shares a kiss over dishes with Mark literally 30 seconds before Dylan fucking McKay walks through the door just to be like, hey, where's my hug? <laughs> you did it again. You called him Mark. What the fuck? Did I write Mark? Yep, it's Matt. Fuck. Okay, let me try that again. <laughs> I almost want to just keep it. I know. <laughs> I don't like, want to change it. Nope. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Kelly shares a kiss over dishes with Matt literally 30 seconds before Dylan fucking McKay walks through the door just to be like, hey, where's my hug? Oh my gosh. Okay, sorry. Before we start talking about this episode, because we were talking about sports romance before and then you just said Dylan fucking McKay, I have been holding this for the longest time for when it would naturally come up that Dylan was on the show. But I was reading a romance series a little while back. It was on Kindle Unlimited and it's college romance. And so they all go to a place called McKay. And so their chant is mm. McFucking McKay. Oh, nice. So the whole time I read it, I was like, I miss Dylan. Oh, Dylan. Yeah, when we get the credits of, because again, they've changed the credits a bajillion times in this one season. But I will say, when we get the credits and it says special guest star Luke Perry at the end, I was like, God bless America, he's back. Because I, <laughs> I didn't remember it was this early. 
I thought it was like a clean season. And yeah, Mm -hmm. he's back, y'all. Yeah, I put the DVDs in and I saw his photo pop up on the subtitles page. Mm. And I was like, is he back on this disc? Is it finally happening? Yeah. Well, you know, once Brandon left, they had to bring back another male lead, right? They couldn't just survive with, I guess, like, Ian Zeran can't lead a show. I mean, I think he could, but definitely not Brian Austin Green and definitely not Noah. Like, I can't even call him his actual actor name. Like, <laughs> I think Ian Zeering could lead a show. I just don't think he could as that character. Oh, 100%. Yeah. 100%. Ooh, okay. Could you imagine, though, a spinoff of, like, Steve and Janet working on the Beverly Beat and, like, him actually becoming a mature adult through having to work on the Beverly Beat without Brandon to, like, force his hand? I'd watch I think it. I could. Yeah, like, I would right. watch it. Like, you, you want to believe that somebody who, like, isn't really that good of a guy becomes one right like that's the whole point character development is literally the point of writing characters but it's hard to trust (laughs) yeah it's it's literally all we've asked for and I Mm -hmm. feel like these like beginning of season nine I'm not feeling a lot of faith so far that we're getting it yeah the closest like I felt was probably this episode with Steve in a while. Like, I won't say okay. ever, because I think there have been moments with, like, Claire and stuff where I'm like, you know what? Why mm-hmm. Why do we love them? They actually work. That I'm like, okay, maybe maybe there's some signs here. Maybe little inklings. I mean, truly what Steve needs to push him to be a better guy is a woman who is well above his league, but, like, finds yeah. him hot enough to accept his faults. You mean kind of like Janet? Yes. Exactly like <laughs> Janet. All right, well, let's get into the actual episode yes. um, because there's a lot going on this week and a lot of just absolute chaos, dare I say. Like we start off yeah. in the pee pad and we finally get like an official DJ booth. Like he no longer has this temporary set of a <laughs> DJ booth randomly in the middle of the dance floor. It's now off to the side and he's playing, David's playing some sort of segment called Love Stinks and Taking Collins. I know. And- Between that and then seeing the owner of the club standing at the bar taking flaming shots while people just go, woo, and, like, clap behind Mm -hmm. him, I don't want to go to this bar anymore. Like, y'all lost me. Yeah, it's like there's no – I mean, clearly it's no longer in money issues, right, because it seems like it's packed every night. But, yeah, between a weird DJ booth in a club to – yeah, the proprietor of the establishment just throwing back shots like it's his job. It, it doesn't seem like the best place. Yeah, and I do want to keep an eye on this DJ booth because I'm very confused where they put it. Like, did it yeah. take the stage? Did it take some of their seating? What did they do for it? But it's been a couple of episodes and they've all been, you know, 44, 45 minutes long. So I don't think we've missed a live musical act Yeah, I don't since think the DJ booth showed up. Yeah, I agree. Which, if you're telling me that this club now doesn't have live music anymore, even though that was the whole reason for its existence in the first place, mm-hmm. I'm a little upset. I guess its whole reason of existence was so that Steve could throw illegal raves, but <laughs> that changed. But, yeah, we'll just go ahead and say that this call-in that David takes is – This woman, we don't get much about her except that her parents made her break up with her boyfriend and that he's moved on and she's totally torn up about it. And 
David had originally said that the theme of the night was love stinks and like, you've got David Silver, I'm a shoulder to cry on. Mm -hmm. And then she spills the story and he goes, you know what you should do? And then he physically picks up a photo of Sophie and crumples it up and throws it away and he says, move on. Yeah, so perhaps David Silver isn't the best shoulder to cry on, folks. You heard it here first. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, again, like, is this playing out into the club? Like, what is happening here? Yeah, exactly. Like, that's the thing I don't understand is like, because we'll get something later on and or or maybe. No, it's happened already where we've had a thing where David's doing some sort of voiceover in the DJ booth. But it seems like the DJ booth is being projected out into the club, like Mm -hmm. the radio show. So I'm like, are you going to a club to listen to a radio show for four hours? Like what what's the plan here and so it's just really weird especially when david starts using things like when he was talking about brandon when brandon mm-hmm. did, you know he did that voiceover it's like nobody knows who brandon is at this club like you're just airing out your own personal stuff to a club full of people who are looking to party like <laughs> and for some reason they are so into showing up and watching this friend group just spiral right right because I'll go ahead and say this before we cut over to the Bellage Hotel. Noah is listening to this. Apparently, mm-hmm. he took his three flaming shots and immediately went out the door. Yep. And he he immediately leaves the club where David is talking to go to his car to listen to David talk. And David is so boring that Noah falls asleep. <laughs> and we just get this like – slow-mo graphic-y like his jeep skidding off the road and crashing into something and then it cuts to credits yeah before it cuts to credits there was another scene at the bellage hotel i feel like we haven't seen the bellage in a while i was actually a little kind of nostalgic to see it come back Mm -hmm. donna and kelly went to go see capri on ice sounds really fun i would see this (laughs) And I guess Gina was in it. We find out that Donna has a cousin who is presumably, for the next two minutes, a professional uh, figure skater. Yeah, and then immediately, like, some guy walks up who wants to talk to Gina. He's, like, the show manager. His name is Artie. He basically, like, craps all over Gina for her performance, and Gina tries to say, like, she had nerves, but then pivots and it's like, well, the material is really dumb, and you promised me a lead and all this kind of stuff. And the manager just isn't impressed, not going to give it to her, and just straight up fires her. And so what happens immediately after is that Gina turns back to Donna and Kelly and immediately lies. Like, she's just like, I just quit. And Donna and Kelly are just kind of like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, they haven't heard that before, you know, from one of their like- friends. And truly, like, this friend group is so dramatic that they're just like, oh, cool. No one in our group has quit in, like, a week. Yeah, exactly. It's like, I'm sure you'll land on your feet. No big deal. Everybody else does. <laughs> yeah. The the world of professional figure skating is huge. Mm-hmm. Just call your network. That's right. And, but, yeah, then we get the credits. And so I had been writing in my notes. I was like, we just got rid of Sophie. I'm kind of seeing a trend here that, like, Sophie was around for a couple of episodes. We immediately bring in Gina as soon as Sophie leaves. She's got a connection to the group so she can go ahead and be introduced and, like, cause some shenanigans. Mm -hmm. And then we get to the credits, and she's in the credits. And what's wild to me is she is higher billed 
than I think Matt. And we've seen Matt the whole season so far. Yeah, I think it was like her and then maybe Nat with an N and then Matt with an M. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think it goes Jenny, Ian, Brian. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> this is why the names are so hard in the show. I've never had to do this where I'm just like Ian and Brian. Yeah. Tori. Noah? Is is he next? I think Noah. Or it was Gina. Okay. Jenny, Ian, Bag, Tori, Vincent Young, Vanessa Marcel, Lindsay Price, Daniel Cosgrove, Joey Tata, obligatory Nat, and Dylan fucking McKay. Yeah. Okay. So I think Tiffany was probably after Tori. I think that's right. Okay. Yeah, but the fact that then it goes Noah, Gina, Janet, then I was offended. Yeah, right? I'm like, Gina, we don't know you, girl. We don't know you. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I was so confused. I literally wrote, like, who is this woman? Exactly. I but also wrote also, that we've I lost control think... of the credits. Oh, we totally have. This is, like, the already, I think, the third time that they've changed it this season because they had to take out – uh they had to take out Jason at one and put point. Matt in and put Matt in. Yeah. But also like, I don't think it's noted, but she does have a pretty cool name. Her name is Gina Kincaid. So I like the last name Kincaid and it goes well with Gina. So and does, I don't think she says it though. I don't think so. Cause I've only called her Gina in my notes and I feel like mm -hmm. at least once or twice I'll use a full name to yeah. like try and get it in my head. Well, and like speaking of, I mean, I'll just skip right to the Gina scene before we go back to um, back to Val and Noah. But basically, we, after the fallout of Gina like saying she quit, even though she was fired, she says that she's meeting up with her agent later. And so Donna tells her all about the pee pad and about Noah. And she's just kind of like getting her up to speed about all of this while they're at the peach pit. And then I'll just go ahead and like blow through the rest of the scene. But. Janet mm -hmm. and Steve walk up, and Janet's being, like, super obvious with and flirty with mm -hmm. touching Steve's face and stuff. And Donna's like, um, excuse me. Excuse me. You have to tell me what this is. <laughs> that made me so happy that she was just like, Steve, old buddy, old pal, known you forever. What was that? Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, okay, this is clearly – that's a scene between two people who have been doing scenes together for nine years. Like, <laughs> Yes. Oh, and I love when he tries to say it's nothing, and so she starts telling Gina some really embarrassing stuff, so he's just like, okay, fine. We're doing it. We're banging. Yeah. This was a working breakfast. It means nothing. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, but then, so Noah walks in and basically just refuses to talk to Gina. Like, Donna is talking about, you know, how they always fall for the bad boy, and then Noah comes in and is just like, I don't have time for you guys. Goodbye. Yeah. And the reason – that this all happens is because, you know, right before the credits, Noah passes out and crashes his car. Then the next time we see him, he's asleep on the bar. And Val is basically like, oh, that's, you know, it's really good that you're here. There was a hit and run a mile from the club. Like some guy really got hurt. You made the right choice not going out driving. Yeah. And he's just like, I'm sorry, what? And she's like, oh, my gosh, you have a giant bump on your head. Mm -hmm. And then when Val exits the scene, because she has to go return a dress to Donna's, mm -hmm. which 
is very much the dress she stole. Yep, absolutely. Noah turns around and sees that his front left bumper is just damaged. Yeah. Well, and there's a couple of things in the scene. I'm like, first of all, he walks out, has that huge bump on his head. Val could care less. She's just like, oh, yeah. holy crap, you got a huge bump. Anyway, I'm hosting Thanksgiving. You need to bring wine. And I'm like, Valerie, do not ask this man to bring alcohol. Like, that is a I bad choice. <laughs> you just found him passed out drunk on a bar. Exactly. Probably not the time. Ask Kelly. No, I think this is like a theme of this friend group right now is yeah. – and maybe it's mostly around Val, but the theme of just like – Oh, I don't care. Yeah. I'm just going to point the thing out and then I'm going to leave. Well, and she does. Like, she just leaves and returns that stolen dress and even dry cleaned it. The fact that she dry cleaned it had me cackling. Like, she like she owns that she stole it, owns that she then cleaned it to make sure it was okay to return. And then I want to say it was Kelly who was like, you know what? You're a class act. You even return the things you st- you steal. And I loved it. And it's. It's so funny because I feel very confident that Donna is just handing out clothes left and right for friends to borrow, but Val would not be one of them. So she just took it upon herself. And Kelly's yeah. like, I can't even be mad. I have seven of these in my closet. Hang yeah. it up. <laughs> exactly. At least you returned it. Um, yeah. But yeah, then Kelly asked her to come back to the Walsh house later because she had talked to Brandon and he needs more of his stuff sent from the house because he found a place in D.C., and I love that, like, when she asked Val, Val's just like, what, did you misplace your key or did you lose it in the divorce? Like, the zingers are always there between them, and uh, it's the best. The only thing that I don't like in this is kind of what we talked about before, how, like, this is handled so casually. Kelly's just like, yeah. oh, yeah, Brandon's got his apartment in D.C., so we need to move the rest of his stuff out of the house. Neither of them say, like, man, so he's really not coming back, is he? Yeah. Yeah, it's like he like- – he like he becomes the obligatory Brenda reference, mm-hmm. and not the fact that this guy was a major fixture in both of your lives for several years. You know, yeah. But they they're basically cordial with each other. Val's like, yeah, sure. Kelly's gonna come over at nine, and then I had a whole moment. I was like, oh my god, remember being in your twenties and saying, yeah, I'll come to your house at nine. Not, I'm going to leave at nine because I'm old. <laughs> yeah. Hundred percent. I mean, I've been going to bed at like nine thirty the last few nights, so I can't imagine being ready to then leave my house at nine and stay there for like you know at least a couple of hours. Yeah, doing like physical work of packing right. boxes. Right. Yeah, and then there's a casual mention of Donna helping Matt with dance lessons for his grandma, and I think that's just more to be a thing to do like I don't really think this means anything other than Matt wants Kelly to come to Thanksgiving so he can see her right then there's a really weird little scene at the Beverly Beat where Janet has found a cover story about a woman who's allergic to having sex with her husband well and Steve hates it and then like which doesn't make sense but then projects on on what Donna said about like the commitment issues and the like you know emotions or whatever and this is when Janet says the term bed buddies, which is hilarious. And she's kind of saying, like, well, we need to agree on the terms of engagement here. Like, we, so nobody gets hurt, basically, even though she doesn't say that right then. But she's mm-hmm. like, we just need to make sure we're on the same page. And so then they do that same thing that they did back in that, like, um, that refrigerator thingamabob 
yeah the last walk-in. episode yeah the walk-in and they do the thing where they just keep talking about what they hate about each other and then that turns them on and they go do it in the supply the supply closet which <laughs> they work alone they could have shut the door but i love the idea that they're like this is not a safe space anymore there's a webcam right. somewhere in this room yeah i was gonna say the webcam they're gonna be caught in pixel pixelated format I cannot imagine what happened to that webcam the second Sophie left. I feel like Janet would have symbolically smashed it with a car. Definitely. And then, like, kept the website going and and made modifications to make sure it was, like, still fine. Yeah, because obviously Janet is running this paper now. She's writing the cover story. Yeah, she's a writer now. But, yeah, then we go over to the pee pad, and this is where now Gina is talking to her agent. And this was so meta to me because – I was like, how many women in the television and film industry have been told they're quote unquote difficult and then been dropped, right? Mm -hmm. Like sometimes like, I don't know if this was on purpose or this was just a plot to get Gina away from that career so that she could be more entrenched in the gang. Don't know. But literally her agents like you have a bad reputation now because of what happened. So I'm going to drop you. And I'm like, okay, I guess, I guess, yeah, that's par for the course, you know, then and even like 10 years after this. Yeah, actually, so after listening to the Shannon Doherty episodes with Jason Priestley, I ended up listening to the ones she did with Holly Marie Combs talking about Charmed. Oh, yeah. And, you know, Shannon got fired off of that show too. And apparently there was all this stuff where, you know, there's rumors that it was either going to be Shannon or Alyssa And, you know, this is hearsay. This is two of them on the podcast not having the third person. But Holly Marie Combs basically sided with Shannon and was like, yeah, they knew they could fire you for being difficult because they had Mm -hmm. literally done the exact same thing on 90210. Like same producers, same Aaron Spelling. Mm -hmm. Yep, exactly. They could just do it. Yep. And, like, I just remember when Katherine Heigl got fired from – or I guess – I don't remember if she got fired or if she left Mm -hmm. Grey's Anatomy. But – Basically, she was then, even though she was, like, the rom-com queen, like, she had been in so many rom-coms, but her experience on Grey's Anatomy, like, it all started because she removed, like, after the year she won an Emmy, or I don't remember if she won, but she was definitely nominated. After that season, she was then, she then removed herself from Emmy contention because she didn't feel like she was given the right material to warrant an Emmy nomination, but it had been made public. She had no idea. She was trying to do it, like, quietly and not make oh. a big deal. But in turn, it got blown up. And so then she started being called difficult. And she was like, it was really between me and the writers. I should have said to the writers, like, if I had a problem, la, 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 la. But from that point forward, I was deemed as difficult. And therefore, I stopped getting television work and all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, my God. Like, why does this keep happening? Well, and then – same Catherine Heigl, didn't she stop getting movie work after she made yeah. comments about how she was treated on Knocked Up, which were fully valid comments? Yeah, and she even like kind of – I think I saw an interview or a quote or something about that where she was like, I handled that poorly, but I really enjoyed being on set. I just hated my character. Like my character sucked, and I didn't – like I – but but the, the environment itself was great. Like Judd was great and Seth Rogen was great and all that kind of stuff, but it just – like because I was I was outspoken on the fact that my character was kind of unlikable, 
everything went to hell. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. just crazy. Gotta love it. But yeah, so this thing just fully happens to Gina. Like you said, I I think I like the idea that it's like a meta commentary, but also a good way to just introduce Gina and leave her so helpless that the gang has to absorb her like an amoeba. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, One of us. One of us. (laughs) (laughs) Because she, Donna comes over, I think at this point, and she tells her like, oh, I just fired my agent. I told him I was burned out. I'm not going to do any of this anymore. And I think it's later on, but Donna pretty much immediately goes to Kelly and is like, we should give her the other bedroom. Yeah. And that's the thing too, is like, how did Donna even know that she was planning on staying here? You know, and that, you know, because as far as we know, she was just visiting because of this tour or the show or whatever. But yeah, like everybody's just so quick to just be like, hey, do you want to live in this house for free? We don't have a mortgage or anything. (laughs) I didn't even think about that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, presumably she does live somewhere else. She was just on tour. And then they just like, it's like the circus kicked her off the train. Yep. Exactly. But it was at yeah. this point, too, that, like, Noah walks up, and the makeup on his head wound was horrible. It just looked like oh they dabbed, like, eyeshadow on his forehead and called it a bruise. But anyway, Noah lies about, like, his experience, because obviously he drove drunk and fell asleep at the wheel and hit something or someone. But he lies to Donna and says he was driving home, blacked out doesn't remember anything and thinks he hit someone didn't mention that he was also shit-faced at the time i mean i think the blacks out is like blackout drunk like he didn't realize that the three shots that he took right before he walked out the door were going to impair him from drinking yeah or maybe he's one of those people it's like i drive better when i'm drunk right right yeah so it's like he's trying to tell the truth and i guess (laughs) this is the thing I don't really like the Noah-Donna relationship, so him coming to her needing help like this. Yeah. Like, at least he's finally asking, but Mm -hmm. come on. it just – it doesn't make sense. Like, they don't even seem to like each other anymore. So I don't know why they're still together. I don't get it. And, like, just a real quick spoiler. We can go ahead and just say that Donna makes Noah turn himself into the police. Mm -hmm. It's so – bizarre how it happens but you know we'll deal with that it was just like a really short scene yeah later but at the same time while he's telling donna how he crashed his car david is in his dj booth and this blonde woman comes in and she's got a drink and she's like oh i wanted to see if you look as sexy as you sound and then closes the door to the dj booth and just dances for david like that's not weird and there's a window and everyone can see this and David's, of course, just immediately off the heels of Sophie and sorceling him. So he's just, that has not worn off. So he's just like, yes, this is great. Love this. Gross. It's just so weird. It's weird. And simultaneously, Kelly and Val are over at Casa Walsh. They're packing up Brandon's stuff, including a bunch of love letters, which is kind <laughs> of adorable. Like, it is cute. It is Okay. Cute. But then... This whole letter business, I have issues. Yeah. So I love that there's a letter from Val, and Val immediately is like, I never wrote a love letter to him. And Kelly opens and is like, I love you like a sister. Okay. Totally counts. I'll allow it. 
Which, side note, like, this is when, like, a prepositional phrase, like, sometimes confuses me on which is the subject and which is the object. Because when she said, I love you, Brandon, like a sister, I was like, is Val calling Brandon her sister? (laughs) And so it made me chuckle, right? Like, and I know she meant, like, like I am your sister. Yeah. But just the way it was written, I was like, oh, my God. Val, please call Brandon your sister. <laughs> it's like when um in Boy Meets World when yes. Mr. Turner dates what's her face's mom and Sean's We're like, we could be sisters. sisters. <laughs> nobody's nobody's sister. <laughs> but okay, so this letter from Val is telling Brandon that he shouldn't marry Kelly, and Kelly loses her mind. Yeah. But here's the thing. Kelly's mad at Val for putting the idea in Brandon's head to not marry her. But mm-hmm. Kelly didn't want to marry Brandon. Yeah, for Kelly, it's very much the principle of the thing, right? She's like, I didn't need anybody's help. Like, we came to this conclusion ourselves. I didn't need, you know, we didn't need any pushing from anybody else or anybody's opinions about this. This was the whole point. And, yeah, I guess so for her to find out that Val was like, it's a mistake and that potentially Brandon took that advice, I think is just more of, like, the fact that it was Val, you know, is the problem. It's, like, also 100% because Kelly changed her mind after Mm -hmm. the fact. So she's not, like, thinking it's her own decision at this point. She's like, well, that happened and then I wanted it back, but Brandon wouldn't take me back because Val told him not to marry me. Right. Yeah. Oh, it's a it's a messy like web of indecision mm-hmm. and, and and uncertainty. But yeah, the fact that it was Val that like maybe had an, a hand in it is is what bothers her, her more than the fact that they didn't get married. Yeah, which that's why it, this whole thing bothers me because this becomes a you know running storyline for the yeah. rest of the episode, and everybody just sides with Kelly, even right. though they're like, you're not sure. You're just a little bit mad that it's Val that did this. Exactly. Exactly. Like, ugh, it yeah, makes me so, so mad. I guess, like, the whole non- Nana, Noah and Donna <laughs> thing, you know, yeah, they go to the police station to report his possible hit and run. It was such a short scene, and I was expecting, because it goes to commercial break, and I was expecting them to come right back to it after commercial break, and they just don't. Yeah. And, like, we find out pretty quickly that he got questioned for a little while and then released, which I don't think would have happened here. If there is a kid in a coma in the hospital and you mm-hmm. see this guy come in, like you're going to hold him while you do the paint samples. You're going right. to take blood. You're going to have him like absolutely walk you through everything. You're not getting mm-hmm. released that day. You'd be booked on suspicion. Right. Especially if you if if Noah implied at all that he was – you know, blacked out at the wheel due to sleep or due to drinking. You know what I mean? And again, if he comes in and says he thinks that he, he didn't even say he thinks he's the one that did it. He says, I did it. Mm-hmm. And then they just let him go without looking at his record and seeing he had a DUI two weeks ago two and he's supposed ago, to be an yeah. AA right now. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And because like, he does that, and then after the commercial break, we cut over to David's house where we find out that he took this girl home. She's trying to sneak out, and he does the whole thing that he loves to do where he wakes up when a girl's sneaking out of his bedroom to be like, I caught you sneaking out. Mm-hmm. But and then she, like, what, when she leaves, 
she leaves her pager there and I thought it was David's, so I didn't realize this at first, but it's hers and he tries to run out and give it to her, but she's already like driven away. So he then calls the number with such a nineties phone. It was one of I those know. that like, had the numbers on the, the buttons are on the outside. The yeah. And so, which is hilarious because those never made sense to me because then you're holding the phone. What if you hit all these buttons and you're just hearing as you're talking like beep, 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 beep. (laughs) But anyway, so he calls the number. He can't tell at all that this is a middle-aged woman who answered the phone. He's just like, uh, are you her roommate? And she's like, no, I'm her mother. Why were you with my daughter? And that's when you find out that this woman that David slept with is 17. Bum, bum, bum. And we will get to that. Yeah. Instead, we see Donna. This is where she, like, tells us Noah, you know, got questioned. He got released. By the way, I'm really not feeling up to hang out with Matt. Can you go do it for me mm-hmm. for these dance lessons? And Donna does call her uh, Val out on the marriage thing, too. Like, Kelly goes to leave and Val walks into the scene And Donna just, like, I don't know. This is so toxic. Yeah. When she's, like, you know, now that Brandon's gone, no one's forcing us to be your friend, so you should start behaving. Like, can you imagine if somebody said that to you? Well, I know, and, and like, we've been saying for probably, like, two seasons now, we never understood why Valerie is friends with this group. There's There's no love here. There's no inviting, like – you know Val kind of like hangs with one person at a time and is cool with one person at a time and in the past it's really only been the guys right it's been Brandon Mm -hmm. or it's been David or it's been Noah and so the fact that like Donna is revealing what probably everybody in the group has been thinking like she said the quiet part out loud it's like Mm -hmm. this is the thing that actually like hurts Val it was one of those things probably where she was like, I knew all this already, but I never had to hear it. So it could just be my own insecurity. But now she's heard it out loud and this is what actually hurts. Well, and you even see Kelly goes upstairs to see Matt and talks about how Val is a terrible person. And Matt's even like, you know how you be friends with Val? You get to know her better. Right. Matt's been around for a few weeks and now he's standing up for her too. The only people that like – unabashedly hate Val at all times are the people that don't know her who are Donna and Kelly and Steve because he's just stupid yeah because he just doesn't care to he's told what to think he he doesn't think on his own yeah the Uh, amount of time Steve is just like you're Brandon's friend you're not my friend mm -hmm. I'm sorry you had sex with her it makes me so mad that, like, I think it's earlier in this episode that Gina's, like, Donna's, like, 50% too nice or something. And then she goes and says something like this to Valerie. Like, that's yeah. not kind behavior. That's really fucking rude and just mean. It's mean. It's mean. And I feel like I don't understand why we're supposed to side with all of these people. Like, mm-hmm. I was going to hold off on bringing this up, but, like, you have David – wanted for statutory rape and then you have Donna being tax toxic like this like yeah. how am I supposed to want to root for this friend group well and same thing with Noah like I mean the yes. only reason he's really entrenched is because of Donna but he continues to do illegal things get in trouble for it or not it's like why why are we rooting for him and Donna to still be together why are we rooting for him to be part of the group 
it's the same kind of stuff. It's just Val is made to look like a manipulative bitch, and Noah is made to look like, oh, he's just grieving his father's death. Which is kind of the same thing they keep doing with Janet and Steve, too, because they're trying to say that Steve is finally catching feelings on things because in this next scene, he and Janet are working, whatever, and he asks her to dinner. He, you know, kind of claims it'll be a working dinner. And she's like, no, no, we set some boundaries. We really have to keep them. I can't go to dinner with you because that's basically a date. And so as this episode continues, they start making Janet out to be the bad guy because she's not accepting of Steve's feelings. She's being a cold-hearted so-and-so. Right, because she's the one that's like not the emotional one or not the emotionally attached one. She's the quote-unquote guy in this relationship for a horrible way to phrase that but Mm -hmm. so they're making her out to be some villain because she's not caught feelings when in fact like if the shoe was on the other foot we would be saying or not us but other people would be saying that janet's being needy and emotional and too clingy right so it's like sometimes in the show the women are given excellent material and excellent like i don't know empowerment within the episodes but then for the most part you just see these little themes that kind of creep in and see like oh no they're they're perpetuating stereotypes here and they're kind of like showing the disempowerment and the disrespect for women in relationships as compared to if a man were to do the same thing and this is one of them like we just proved it (laughs) like it's what I mean, it has literally been on the other foot before where Steve has just been in it to have sex with Janet and then mm-hmm. she really liked him and he treated her like garbage and yes. he's the character on the show, so we have to side with him. Exactly. Yeah. And like, I'm not even necessarily mad at Steve for catching feelings and and I don't necessarily even think he does anything wrong until later, mm-hmm. but it's just the principle of the thing and, and the intent that the writers yes. have in this scenario. So I have like a theory about this and like I feel like I might be jumping ahead a little bit so I apologize. Um so I feel like Janet does have feelings for Steve. Like we've seen yeah. her with feelings before. She obviously mm-hmm. has them. And I feel like she's kind of using this whole let's keep our emotions out of it to try to make Steve actually feel and be honest about his emotions because she can tell he's jealous. But she's not going to sit there and listen to him claim he's not. She's going to go off and live her life and she's going to do this with him if he agrees to do it the way that they want to do it. Yes. Mm -hmm. But like I feel like she would probably be into a relationship if he's honest with her about what he's feeling because he's lying the whole time. Exactly. Well, and like like Ariel brought up, like the time before she got burned. So – of course she's not just going to jump into some sort of thing where she could get hurt. She literally says later on, this is to prevent anybody getting hurt. And she includes herself in this, but she's not only including herself, but she's protecting herself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I fully side with Janet in all of this. Like, again, Steve <laughs> yeah. has not done anything wrong as of this no. scene, but yeah. I'm still just like, no, Janet set boundaries. Yeah, yeah, Janet, our girl. We support her. <laughs> Literally our girl. I'm not convinced that in the future we don't develop time travel and go back and create Janet. Yeah, right? Exactly. Why is every TV Janet the best? Like, I'm just thinking of Janet on The Good Place, and I 
just oh, makes me so happy. Okay. This is a terrible transition, but speaking of things <laughs> that don't make me happy. The next – when we see Val and David run into each other at the grocery store, I felt so bad for Val and oh and David in this moment because, like, this yeah. is so unfair to him. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, he's just, like, left in the lurch here. Like, he – like – he was just told of a plan switch and had to go along with it, right? Yeah. He was just told that Kelly's having Thanksgiving at the beach apartment and that he needs to go pick stuff up. He did not know that Val was already planning a Thanksgiving and that Kelly's stealing it from her. Like he didn't right. know that Kelly's doing this behind Val's back. Right. But then he says, everybody knows about the letter. Like Kelly has told everyone, which again makes Kelly out to be such a terrible person because mm-hmm. Val's like – I just told him what I thought in a private letter to him. It doesn't matter that it was in a pile that Kelly saw. Right. And, yeah, David's uncomfortable. He's like, look, I can call Kelly. I can talk to her. And Val's just like, no, I don't want to deal with this anymore. Here's the baster. Here's the turkey pan. Here's this. Here's that. And, like, as close to a breakdown in a proto-style as I ever want to see. Yeah. And she's like, God, I hate her. And I'm like – literally sitting here thinking why are you still fighting for friendship here i with don't any of know them? the free rent it's got to be yeah it. yeah yeah and then we get a quick moment where we find out that gina is felice's niece and that's how she and donna are uh related mm-hmm. and her credit card just got rejected and it looks like noah has a drink in his hand but i think it's just water i'm not really sure yeah. I have to assume it's water if Donna's talking to him. Yeah. And he says that the cops are investigating him. Like, this is where we find out really that, like, nothing is happening. He went and he turned himself in. He's just been sitting around all day waiting, trying so hard not to drink. Right. And, like, we also find out, like, oh, it's possible that the person that Noah hit was a kid on a bike. And so jumping to that next scene at the hospital, Noah sees the person that he hit on the bike and is just, like, crying and the nurse comes up and is like, oh, are you a relative? And he's like, yeah, that's my brother. So he just lies to a hospital um, employee and gets to go in the room because of it. And I'm like, surely there's different protocol for this. But anyway, he gets to walk in and just sit by this guy's bed because he's unresponsive. Um, and, yeah, Noah is, like, visibly upset. Which, I mean, like, I guess on the bright side, it's good he's showing remorse. But mm-hmm. at the same time, it's like, clearly he hasn't changed his behavior yet outside of maybe just having a water at the pee pad which yeah i feel like he's supposed to be going to aa meetings anyway we could at least have some sort of commentary that he's actually trying to do anything other than just you know i guess bare minimum of not drinking for 24 hours i'll take considering his behavior lately that's totally fine yeah um there's another little scene where we find out that the, the girl that David slept with, who's 17, um, she was the caller at the beginning of the episode whose parents made her break up with her boyfriend, and now her parents want to turn David into the police because she's underage. Right. I just have nothing to say about that. Yeah, it just has basically turned into like, oh, this girl seems like she's on her own, independent, whatnot, and then it's like, oh, no, she actually still is very much under the thumb of her parents. Yeah, and I don't really even want to talk about unless something, like, big comes up Mm because the rest of the time that we see this stuff is, like, David goes to her parents and basically begs them not to turn him into the police. Like, 
it's it's just a bunch of stuff where I don't like that we're being expected to side with somebody. Because like, okay, Denise was able to give consent, but legally she is too young to give consent. Mm-hmm. So that's where David's fucked. Like I can't side on either side of that. Legally he yeah. did something wrong. Right. That's all I got. Whether whether I or not it, you know, he was lied to or not, it's still it's the law is still the law in that sense. But yeah. Anyway, really so then like later at the beach apartment, David and Kelly are unloading groceries from the whole Thanksgiving thing, which I'm like, okay, this has to be Kelly had gone to the grocery store and David's coming right. over to help. <laughs> I think I think David bought the groceries, took them home, and then the next day brought them over to the beach apartment, and I don't know yeah. why. But did you hear when he said, oh, I ran into Val at the supermarket and Kelly goes, hopefully you hit her with your cart when yes. there is a story about a hit and run and an unconscious 16-year-old. Literally just so tone deaf. I'm like, what are you it's guys so doing? It's so weird. It's so weird. And then just to make matters worse, like Kelly's like, I don't know. I don't want to know why Val is the way that she is. And then David just up and reveals all of Val's laundry, including everything. What happened when she was a kid, what happened when, you know, immediately after, and then lately. And I'm like, what? No, I thought we were done of people like telling other people's business to the rest of the group. <laughs> okay. Can we skip to when Kelly shows up at Casa Walsh to throw Thanksgiving with Val with all the groceries? Oh my because God. this was physically comedically Mm -hmm. the perfect scene it was because see i just love kelly shows up at the front door val slams the door on her so she goes around the house at the (laughs) speed of light to come in the back door and val's just like damn it i know (laughs) it's like ah nuts (laughs) and like kelly immediately acknowledges she's like look David told me what happened. I realized that you've gone through a lot in your life, so I'm at least going to attempt to be a friend. And Val picks up the turkey and throws it out the door. (laughs) She just goes, what dinner are you talking about? And that causes Kelly to leave because she's like, damn it, my bird's out there. I got to get it, I guess. (laughs) And she says, I love that she's just like, don't hit the bird on your way out. Like, Val doesn't give a shit. No, she never has. I love it. It's so good. Yeah, we also get, like, a really short scene between Steve and Janet where they're basically, like, waking up together or, I guess, you know, whatever. And it really here it does seem like Steve wants to take things to a new level, maybe try dating and whatnot. And Janet's like, I'm still seeing this guy, so I can't I can't do that. I can come over here afterwards and we can continue on with what our relationship has been, but that's it. Mm-hmm. Which – Like, it sounds like Steve is trying, but he refuses to acknowledge, yes, I have feelings for you. I would like to try and be in a relationship with you for reals. I'm going to be committed. And, you know, the actual physical words that Jan's probably holding out for. Yeah. And to Mary's point, it's like if he would just say that and, like, be vulnerable, I'm sure actually Janet would then maybe not give into it immediately, but then share from her perspective why she's been extra, you know – specific on what their term should be Mm -hmm. because you know he runs into her later at blockbuster when she's supposed to be on her date Mm -hmm. and she's like oh andy had a rain check he didn't cancel he didn't blow me off i'm getting the feeling there is no andy and she's just sitting at home alone all night and then at 11 going to see steve because she's Mm -hmm. desperately in love with him and Mm -hmm. this is what she can get yep but 
he's like he wants to watch the movie together. He wants to do all of these things. And then he says that Jan is wrong and their relationship isn't emotion free because she hates him. And then we get this sad music where I guess we're supposed to think that she's made some sort of sad realization in blockbuster. But I think Steve's just being a little manipulative here. And I think he is too, but he's not wrong. You know, like I think he's using the words to kind of get in Janet's head, but like there's that whole thought of like, if you still if you hate somebody you still care right like there's mm-hmm. love and there's hate and then there's indifference and mm-hmm. if janet does in fact hate steve which we know she doesn't but if she does that means she still has emotions and he's not wrong he's just using it you know as a way to get to her yeah it just bothers me that like all three of us very clearly see that she just wants him to say he likes yeah. her and then he's like you hate me right so close yet so far it's like literally like in friends when chandler keeps talking about how he like opposed to marriage just so that he can make sure he can propose to monica with like the right ring and like at the right time like all this kind of stuff so yeah yeah and then okay so we get a bunch of stuff with noah and gina Mm -hmm. because he's doing his fire shots again because it turns out that the kid that he quote unquote hit died. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so at this point it's like literally vehicular manslaughter. It's like he is right. so effed. He did something so wrong. Donna is furious. She's like, I can't look at you. I can't be here. And then Gina sidles up and is like, well, I'm great at babysitting. You should just leave him with me. And then she just orders a kamikaze shot and he's like, ugh. I bet you can't do that when I'll, you know, whatever all at once. And she just does. And it's just, blah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they care. go to, they go to the carnival. I, the only thing I cared about was when they're taking the photos and the first two, I think it is, he's making zero face. Like he is so emotionless. He's just drunk. That's all. That's his emotion. Drunk. Right. He has literally no concept of what's happening. Like there's supposed to be this like, relationship attempting to be built between Gina and Noah I think like Gina like many before her has decided that she wants Noah and must break him and Donna up I don't know why this is so hard to do yeah right exactly (laughs) because she takes him all the way back to Casa Walsh and she does admit she's like I go for guys because Donna like likes them and eventually they like me too but he passes out and she leaves the photos for him. But then the next morning, Donna comes over. She wakes Noah up. Gina is with her again because Gina can't just not insert herself. Mm-hmm. And it turns out that Noah didn't do the hit and run. Great. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he still drove drunk and wrecked his car. Like, <laughs> I have no sympathy for him. Yeah. And Noah's like, oh, I promise it's over. And I'm like, okay, yeah, now Noah's not a drunk anymore, but we're still going to see him drinking alcohol because that's how the show happens. Exactly. Whatever. Exactly. And I don't really have too much to say, like, on that anymore, just because, again, it's like clearly Gina is the new Ginger, is the new Sophie, is the new Val. I mean, mm-hmm. is the new brown haired girl, minus Ginger, who <laughs> likes to come in and just like cause chaos, right? And. Mm-hmm. She's decided, you know, like we've gone through Kelly, we've gone through Brandon, we've gone through, you know, all the Dylan, all these different characters getting manipulated. And now it's Donna's turn to be the one 
that gets like you know i guess targeted for her life and her what she has yeah exactly um there's there's a couple of smaller scenes again i really don't want to talk about the david stuff because it seems pretty like in this case this is black and white like yeah david had sex with an underage girl there's not much else we can do about that other than go talk to the lawyer we know yeah and so that's what he does right like so matt is telling kelly about some case he had and then he talks about people how people make mistakes with character la 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 He's practicing dancing because that's what they did earlier. Runs into David. David wants to talk to Matt. And then Matt just straight up says, like, it doesn't matter if, if it was consensual, if she's a minor. Like, that's that's it. That's but what it, would, it. it would, in fact, help her his case if she was lying about her age getting into the pee pad. And, like, that's the only thing. And I'm like, I mean, yeah, that's like a technicality. And Matt, we know Matt loves a technicality. <laughs> Which, <laughs> okay. So let's talk about how Kelly's like, well, how did she get into the after dark and get alcohol? She was using a fake ID, right? Like, yeah. Okay. So doesn't that hurt the pee pad? Oh, for sure. Now, oh, for sure. Yeah. Now we're not checking IDs and we're letting underage girls in who are then being, you know, having sex with grown adult men, whether or not there's consent is a whole different question that we're not going to go down the path of, but the pee yeah. pad's got to have like half a star on Google at this point. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but then, yeah, like a, a short scene at the Beverly beat, they run that love story. Janet gives him the movie that she rented and he's like, I wish we could have watched it together. And Janet is a little bit more honest here. She's like, look, if we acted like a couple, then we'd be a couple. And that's bad because one of us would get hurt. And mm-hmm. she even says, probably me. And that's, like, the kind of vulnerability that she's been wanting from Steve. And now she's, like, laid it out for him. And, you know, he still hasn't really reacted to it. Like, he doesn't do anything, again, wrong here. It just, you know. He just doesn't do the right thing. It's, like, mm-hmm. constant inaction. Exactly. And then we go to Casa Walsh. Where Val is sitting alone in the dining room, eating the pie out of the tin, and just putting a little bit of sour uh, sour cream, ew, <laughs> whipped cream, on top of the pie as she eats it. Yep. And the entire gang just comes in with a whole meal. For some reason, they put it in the living room instead of in the mm-hmm. dining room where there's a table or the kitchen mm-hmm. where they could put the food. No. It's all got to go there. But Kelly tells Val, she's like, look, I can't forgive you. I know you're not going to forgive me. Let's just call it even. I didn't tell anybody what's happening. Let's move forward. And Val's like, okay, sure. By the way, I'm leaving. Yep. And like almost literally. Yeah. Cause she's like, oh, those boxes aren't Brandon's. And Kelly's like, what? Like, (laughs) this is my shocked face. Like, Anyway, and and of course, this is on the heels of like Gina saying that she's going to stay in town for a little while. Noah learning that, oh, there was a dumpster a few blocks from the pee pad and he probably hit that. Not he definitely hit that, but he probably hit that. I'm like, cool. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, this is when Val reveals to the whole group that she has decided to move back to Buffalo to be with her mom and all of that kind of stuff. And I will say, even though I hate it because I love Val, of course it makes sense. Like, of course mm-hmm. she can get away from this toxic group that never accepted her to begin with. But also, it does make sense for her story, given what we were given this, 
this whole season and the end of last season. And yeah. I just, I hope Tiffany Thiessen had a good experience on the show. And I hope that it was on good terms as opposed to Jason Priestley. <laughs> so I heard a rumor, just a rumor, saw it on Reddit. I have I have no way if it's been confirmed or denied, whatever. But apparently Tiffany Amber Thiessen had a clause written into her contract that if Jason Priestley left, she could get out of her contract. And she could Whoa. also leave the show. Whoa. Because she she has come out in interviews. I know this for sure. Tiffany Amber Thiessen has come out in interviews and been like, I didn't have a great time with some of the people. Some people were not accepting of me. And I think mm. people extrapolated that it was Tori and Jenny. And so the mm. women were not nice to new women on the set, but that the guys were nice. So once Jason Priestley, who was her real life friend, left the show, she had an out. Man, that really sucks if that's true. Like, you know what I right? mean? Because we've, of course, we've heard, like, I, I've brought this up several times of in Drama Queens where the main, the core three of Hillary, uh, Sophia, and Joy um, in One Tree Hill were told that the new female guest stars would were jealous of them or hated them or were out to get them or something like that. And then the guest stars were told the exact same thing about Hillary, Sophia and joy. So it's like, there's definitely been precedent for showrunners or creators or whoever to manipulate the women on the show to mm -hmm. get them to hate each other. But I would absolutely hate it even more if it was actually true. Right. Well, and like, like I was talking about listening to the Shannon Doherty podcast, it seems like that was happening on every show with her, including yeah. 90210, because, you know, she was talking to Jason Priestley and he was like, I didn't know all that stuff was going on in your life. But it's not like the show tried to step in and help either. Like right. they were keeping the cast separate and they were keeping yep. Jason Priestley, the quarterback, who was off doing his own thing. Like I could easily see some of this drama being caused externally and mm – -hmm you know, maybe none of this is true. Maybe her contract was only through last season and she was like, look, I'll stay until Brandon leaves. But I think Val has been played out and I don't want to do it anymore. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I will say this was the point when she's going to leave and David is taking her stuff to the taxi and is like, you know, I would have driven you. I realize we're about 50 minutes into the episode or 40 minutes in and we've still not seen Dylan. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And – I will say, though, like, in this goodbye, it still wasn't a great one, but it was a much better one than they gave Jason. Um, mm -hmm. And those waterworks that Val gives David there at the end, I was like, okay, those actually kind of look a little bit real. So I wonder if this was the last scene that they filmed, um, or at least that Tiffany filmed. You know, I'm like, I, you know, you never know what the actual order of the scenes are mm. in, uh, in shooting order. But, like, I was like, okay, that's actually pretty cute because I wonder if she and Brian Austin Green were close. They no, they dated. Oh shit! Well, yeah, okay. Yeah, no, I'm. <laughs> I'm pretty sure one of her tattoos is a cover up of a green heart for Brian Austin Green. Wow. Okay. Yeah. No, they dated. I don't know what their relationship was at this point, but they were definitely close at some point on the show. Yeah. And you know, this last scene, we get a couple of things. Gina calls her mom from upstairs, and we find out that. It's like a very Val reveal when Val calls whoever in her first episode and is like, ugh, they're a bunch of avocado heads. This is Gina being like, Donna's life is so perfect. Mm -hmm. 
And then Matt goes to help Kelly clean up. And he says he had a really good time. She kisses his cheek. And then he turns and looks at her and is just like, okay, yeah. And goes in (laughs) for the real kiss. He was actually pretty smooth. And like, I got to admit, like, I don't know if it's just the basic white girl in me, but I kind of think Matt's cute. So (laughs) there is something about him. I think it's like the jaw with the cheek. Like, I really like the high cheekbone jawline. Yeah. And he just like, he seems like a pretty level headed kind of guy. And not saying that Brandon wasn't at the end, but he, I mean, he used to go full Brandon and all that. And it's kind of nice to see somebody that's a little bit like even keeled maybe yeah well and he's like kind of going off that i did notice he's more toned down than brandon he is not eating face here yeah exactly (laughs) then i went down a whole thought i was like i wonder what happened to every single one of brandon's ex-girlfriends that starts dating someone new and they're just like wow Mm -hmm. this is aggressive kissing can we like tone this down Mm -hmm. but None of that matters. Actually, it matters a lot to Kelly because Steve goes to take the trash out and Dylan McFucking McKay is on the stoop. It, I, it just, I have to admit that I teared up. I literally had tears in my eyes when I saw Luke Perry on my screen. I like I'm clutching my heart right now. This is like <laughs> how I was when he showed up on screen. I was just like, oh my God, he's here. I know. Because like on the one hand, the way he comes in and his attitude, I'm like, uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> we got some demons to fight. <laughs> yes. Well, because they asked, they're like, oh my God, how's Brenda? And he goes, why don't you call and ask her? <laughs> yeah. So it's clear they're not together. And I literally wrote down, Steve takes the trash out and Dylan fucking McKay. I can't even write anything about this scene because it's Dylan. I'm so excited. Oh, I had to watch it twice to write things down because I allowed myself to, like, just feel it the first time. But, I mean, you've got Dylan showing up seconds after Kelly kisses the first guy that she's kissed after Brandon, Uh basically. Uh And then Dylan – like, she's – completely shocked to see him the gang is so happy he's back and then matt's just like who's this guy i'm like you don't even have time yeah (laughs) we do not this is not the time nor the place and that look like matt should be asking questions because the way dylan looks at kelly he's like hungry for her he's like i haven't in six weeks and you are a chocolate (laughs) cake (laughs) well and then tension i mean we all know like what good chemistry that Jenny Garth and, and Luke Perry had together. And so it's just you it, it's so palpable. Like the second he walks in the door and they lock eyes, like, my God, is it palpable? And I'm just I'm here for it. I'm so excited for it. Like to an extent I'm not, but at the same time, Brenda and Brandon are both off the show. So like yeah. now I think I can finally exactly. allow a dilly they can't moment. possibly cheat on each other with the others now that they're gone, <laughs> both gone. So we're okay. <laughs> we're <laughs> in the clear. This is such a bizarre way to be happy for a special guest right. star. Exactly. Oh, but, man, but I missed him. Oh, I missed him so much. And that's it. That's it. Val's gone and Dylan's back. Yeah, like I don't have a quote of the week this time. Like I think just – for me, like, I never have a moment of the week, but I think I'll, I'll just say, like, you know, pour one out for Tiffany Thiessen because I, God, 
we loved her so much as Valerie Malone. And I think this show, and especially us, like we we will miss her almost as much, if not equally, as Jason Priestley. Like she just was such mm-hmm. an indelible part of this show for us. Though I think I can speak for all of us when I say like, oh, we'll miss her. And we sure did love that character. I know. I I did remember like you know, we had talked about, we'll talk about this is what Brandon would have done. What a what would Brandon Walsh do moment? And I mean, first of all, for this episode, I do think Brandon would have solved all of their problems. He would have figured out a way to unallergic that woman to her husband's penis. Mm-hmm. He would have found a loophole in the law for David and Noah, or he would yep. have, you know, investigative journalism the way through Noah's issues. Yep. And then he definitely would have defended Val against the group. But hundred percent. Now that Val is gone and we're being left with Gina, who is clearly the current replacement, mm-hmm. I feel like I want a what Val would do better in this scheme. I was just about to say we are gonna constantly be comparing whatever Gina does or Noah or Dylan even to what Val would have done and how she would have done it better. Absolutely. Mary, what about you? Do you want to give a shout out to Val or do you want to give us quotes and moments? Um, Well, the moment of the week and possibly the month and maybe even the show was (laughs) Val slamming the door in Kelly's face. Good God, that was fucking beautiful to watch. I loved every second of it. God. Okay. And then my second Val shout out, which is, I guess, a farewell um, her leopard print coat with her little boxes of luggage. Mm-hmm. She's perfect. I yeah. love her so much. I'm going to miss her. Like, I know. what a way to leave LA. Just fancy mm-hmm. lady. <laughs> oh, I feel so certain she's in like the first class of first classes. Yeah. Somehow. She did it somehow. Who even knows? She... Stole somebody's credit card and got it that way. I don't know. Yep. (sighs) Okay. What is next week's episode title? Well, you know we have to try to figure out why the hell Dylan's here. So, next week's episode is Season 9, Episode 8, I'm Back Because... Okay, yeah, that feels a little like what I did on my summer vacation. Yeah, exactly. And there's no ellipsis afterwards. It's not like I'm back because dot, dot, dot. It's like I'm back because. So I could easily see Dylan just being like, I'm back because, bitches. (laughs) I would love it. I would love if he just never talks about it. And then for the next like 42 episodes or whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, because I'm assuming he's back for good. I don't think – they would do that. I think this is one of those ones. Yeah. I think this is one of those ones I've had spoiled and I just know he's here, but they're doing like, um, Matt Ryan on legends where he's always the guest star. He's never in the cast. Right. Right. But yeah, I'm assuming that for the next 42 episodes, we'll just get inklings and Dylan will just be like, Oh yeah, I was in Japan then. And they'll be like, what? (laughs) Japan, you were in England. Exactly. Were you lying the whole time? How did you get the letters sent back? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's got to be about Dylan. There's no other answer. Well. Oh, actually, real quick, before we go away, um, I did have one other quote that is also a Val quote that I wanted to bring up where um, 
Kelly and Val are going through the letters in uh, Brandon's room and Kelly says something and Val just goes, oh, how very Brandon and Kelly of you. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That's when she was like, oh, yeah, this is when – God, did she say she hand-delivered a letter to him because she missed him so much? Yeah, the Beverly Beat. Yeah, she was like, I gave this to him because I missed him. <laughs> My other favorite thing about that scene was when Kelly – was like, oh, this is the letter that I wrote to Brandon when he was visiting Jim and Cindy in Hong Kong. Or not even Cindy yeah. at that point, I guess. But I'm just like, when he was there with Tracy? Yes, exactly. That sounds and about then, right. Like, Yeah. And then they cheated, you know, on her. Like, yeah. <laughs> Let me just swoon over that time I practiced infidelity again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I'm such a silly girl. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, oh, that man. was weird. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, okay. So maybe we'll find out what Dylan has been doing for the past three years next week. And until then, you can follow us on Instagram at Back2Podcast. You can also send us an email at Back2Podcast at gmail.com. That's B-A-C-K-T-O podcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to go into your podcast app and rate, review, Share it with all your friends and family. All that stuff really helps us get seen and build a community and then give y'all a better product. And if you leave us a review in Apple Podcasts, we'll give you a shout out on the show because we really appreciate you. So until next week, from all of us at Back to Podcast, I miss Val. I miss Val. I miss Val. Bye. Bye. See ya.